on my wayward son. I'm Jeremy Greer. There'll be peace when you are done. I'm Chris Mosier. Lay your weary head to rest. Mrs. Sue. Mrs. Haversham. Don't you cry no This is Monster of the Week, a creepy but necessary podcast based on the TV show Supernatural. And we are here to continue our coverage from Season 3. First off, Chris, hello, how are you? I'm great, how are you, my friend? I am, if you can't tell by this weird sound coming out of my mouth, this is actually Jeremy. I just, I'm just a little under the weather, I'm a little sick, so my voice sounds weird. It sounds weird to me, so I can only imagine what it sounds like to everybody else. So apologies for that, and if you hear me coughing in the background again, I'm sorry. Sorry, but I'm here. We're still going to record. We're still that's good. We, yeah, you're sticking it out. We have to do it to come rain or shine. We're like the fucking postal service of supernatural podcast over here. Creepy but necessary. Creepy but necessary name. and weekly. We haven't. We don't really talk about that, but we're a weekly podcast. We do this shit every yes. single week. We every haven't week. missed a week yet. That's remarkable. I'm not. I'm not going on wood as I say that because <laughs> it's only 21 episodes. It's not like our great feet or anything, right? <laughs> Uh, we're not, that's not like a, like a bang up job or anything, but we're here to talk about more of season three. These are like three weird episodes. They are, they are entertaining. We cannot say that they are good, but I, I was entertained. I think yeah. that's something. Entertaining is good. We, uh, this first one is one that I've been mentioning on the podcast quite a bit, but this is, this is the ghost ship, uh, which I yeah, like to sure think is. As, as the spiritual successor of, uh, the racist truck episode. So I'm very mm-hmm. curious if you're going to defend this ghost ship or not. Um, it's it's just ridiculous. Like this whole thing, I don't even know that. I, I watched this episode uh, Sunday, which is last night, uh, to get a little peek behind the curtain. I watched mm-hmm, this episode mm-hmm. Sunday and literally can't remember exactly. It's in my notes, but can't remember exactly why the ghost ship is killing people. <laughs> like I don't quite. Well, okay, <laughs> I, I know. I remember just because it's so fucking stupid. So it, um, I remember thinking it's very stupid and then wanting to go to bed is, as soon as I finished it. I'm, I don't think that it really has anything to do with the ship itself, but for some reason, that's wrapped up in it. Do you want to you want to get into this? Yeah, yeah, let's get into it. This is going to be, uh, well, first, let's do a road so far. Do you want to read that for us? This is, again, a friend of the sure. show, Autumn Greer. Uh, Thank you so much for the show, Autumn Greer. <laughs> okay, I'll try not to giggle through the whole thing. Let's, uh, let's get serious, Chris. Road so far. Dean sold his soul, and that's pretty much it, honestly. Uh, just wait till season nine when these things are going to get real boring. Sam is probably sad, right? Definitely sad. Uh, Bobby is around more, which is pretty cool. Uh, and Ruby and Bella are hanging out a lot, too. So that's actual female characters in the show. Uh, dang, season three is good, y'all. That was clearly written by, Cle- not me. <laughs> clearly written by Autumn Greer. Absolutely. <laughs> I deviated from what you wrote too many times and then confused myself. <laughs> yeah, so this is going to be Red Sky at Morning, which is uh, season three, episode six. Released in November of 2007. God, I feel so old. This is right around my birthday. Uh, yeah, this- Jeremy, this was this aired on my 17th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. How old were you when this episode aired? I, uh, I was a week from being 27 years old. I'm, I'm a, wow. I got a full decade on you. So, yeah. The description for this episode is, uh, Drownings on dry land are linked to visions of a ghost ship, putting Sam and Dean on a collision course with Bella, who is also investigating the phenomenon. Yes, it's it's a return of fan favorite Bella, who is not actually anybody's 
fan favorite, I don't think. <laughs> Honestly, I like Bella. I think that she's funny. I think that she makes Dean very funny. But um, this episode is so fucking stupid. Oh, this is such a dumb premise. I mean, people are literally... like in the in our, our cold open is basically a chick is out running. She looks up and sees a ghost ship. Like out in the harbor that she's running by, she sees it. Like it appears out of nowhere, and then it—it's a full-on fucking pirate ship. It disappears, yeah. and she just goes home and has a shower about it. She doesn't yeah. call anybody. She has it's she's, borderline like a ahoy there, <laughs> but she just <laughs> totally ignores it. Chris, the other day I was stuck in traffic, and there was people skywriting in the sky. Right, like there was a there was a mm-hmm, plane mm-hmm. writing words in the sky. I called Autumn so excited because I was <laughs> I've never seen this before. If I saw a fucking ghost ship, I would lose my mind. Yeah, I definitely would just go home and in the background. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like it has the fucking Jolly Roger on it at some point. Like it's crazy. She yeah. and she's just oblivious. She's like, huh. That seems weird. Does it? Does <laughs> Better it go take care? a shower. Gotta go take a shower about it. Uh... She's like, is that Johnny Depp? I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These movies are so overdone. Uh, <laughs> she goes home and takes a shower and then drowns in the shower. And this is going to be the, the first death of the episode. There's actually several deaths that we're going to see. Uh, and it's literally people like drowning while on dry land. Uh, water just starts pouring from their mouths and they can't they can't seem to stop it and they, they yeah. drown. I mean she was in the shower so like you know <laughs> not dry land but yes land but land yeah I mean but it, but you clearly see water coming out of her mouth like it's not, yeah. it's not I don't know what your yeah. showers do in Boston but down here they don't that's we don't like they don't come out of my mouth that's okay good. <laughs> got a little worried there for a minute <laughs> um but that's our cold open. Our main episode is Sam and Dean interviewing uh, the aunt of the person uh, from the cold open, which I don't think they ever bother naming. Yeah. But uh, we, the boys were having a little bit of an argument before they got there, though. Oh, that is true because in our at the end of the last episode, Sam has shot the crossroad demon, which Dean immediately picks up on by just literally counting the bullets <laughs> of the cult. <laughs> yeah, that's something that Dean does. I mean, I guess that's like. That's a thing that Dean would notice, not because he's expecting Sam to go and fire the gun, but because he's probably a little bit like neurotic about this kind of thing and like is just checking his guns all the time to see what the you know how many bullets he has. That just seemed like the type of person Dean would be because um because he's Dean and he notices a bullet missing. So of course he's like, all right, Sam, you can't lie to me. Like I know that there's there's a bullet missing and um they have a little bit of a shouting match, but it kind of just comes down to to Sam saying, I'm not apologizing for trying to save you. Like maybe I'm acting like a damn doofus uh, we're gonna get a lot of sam acting like a damn doofus in this season Oof. um but i don't think his actions are necessarily justified but i i get his reaction seems justified he's like dude yeah i'm an idiot but like i'm trying to help you he doesn't call himself an idiot but 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 he but he might as well right mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then dean kind of like ha- like curiously is like well so did it work like, yeah, I'm pissed at you, but also, did the deal work? Sam's like, yeah, I would have told you if it did, dude. I, 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 this conversation is... <laughs> yeah, no, 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 yeah, Sam. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's Sam is being an idiot right here, but I like Dean's... I really like Dean's did it work, because, like, like he wouldn't have told you? Like, what did you think is gonna... Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, I was just waiting for the surprise. It come, come a year from now, and you didn't die. <laughs> 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 yeah, I was going to save it as a Christmas present, which we're actually going to cover some Christmas stuff this episode, so I'm pretty excited about that here in a bit. Uh, but after they finish arguing, they go to um, 
to the aunt's house, like I mentioned earlier, and they, they start talking to this chick. And it's this old lady, and for some reason in this episode, all old ladies are really want to get some of Sam. Like, what is, what's yeah, going on she's here? She's hungry for some Sam hog, and I think that there's really no other way to put it. There's, um, that's, that's the most accurate description I've ever heard. Hungry for Sam hog is, is probably the... Yes, absolutely. It, it becomes a... Uh, I think this is kind of like a running theme with, with Supernatural is that old ladies love Sam Winchester for some reason. What is it? Is it his boyish good looks? Is it his giantness? I think it's, I think it's kind of a combination of both. He looks like a strong young man, but he's also like... He's not innocent, but he clearly just is like the least flirtatious person ever. Or, you know, Dean's kind of got that like cool rock star vibe going with him. Sam just seems like... I don't know, he just seems like a perfect target for a cougar. Can- canonically, he's only had sex with two women in his life, right? That we that and they're we're dead. Aware of. And both of those are dead. Uh, so this lady better be careful. She doesn't <laughs> want to be seeing a funeral home soon. <laughs> uh, Sam is, is very flustered, and, and Sam's... Um, Jared Padalecki's acting at being very flustered throughout this entire episode because he's going to get hit on by old ladies a lot. Or maybe just this yeah. old lady, but it's it's going to keep coming up over and over again. Is is very, very funny to me. Like His, his inability to be comfortable with this is, is is really really great and dean's just thinks it's the funniest shit since life spread like he loves it <laughs> but they talk about ghost ships like they immediately start talking about ghost ships right like she it just comes t- up naturally yeah she, she just i think she even suggests that it is a ghost sh- like she says the word ghost ship which is just yeah. fucking ridiculous um, well, she hears Dean going in the background, and she goes, "Oh, speaking of that, speaking um, speaking of pirates, did you guys you. know that they're filming the next Pirates of the Caribbean movie around here, <laughs> um, and they're going around with a giant ship?" <laughs> Sam's like, "No, I love those movies. Please point us in the direction of the set," and um, and then they leave, right? <laughs> Yeah, they leave, and uh, when they go to find the Impala, that's when we run into our good friend Bella, who has had the Impala towed for basically yeah. no reason. <laughs> like she, she just saw it and just wanted to fuck with them, I guess. And her her whole thing of being here is uh, that she's used a mystery board, which you know, listeners of the podcast know what a mystery board is. Um, but she's been she's been using a mystery board to communicate with these old ladies' relatives, and uh, yeah, has a line on like some treasure or whatever, which. In the, I think in the previous episode or in the first episode we meet Bella, she's kind of implied to be like this supernatural thief who's stealing these mm-hmm. artifacts and selling them to the highest bidder. Uh, fleecing old ladies by being a like a, a fake psychic seems a little shitty. Like yeah. stealing stuff is bad, but at least it's cool. Like international supernatural artifact thief is something that I would put on my business card. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, old lady con man is not something that I would want on there, right? No. And she's the one, she's pretending to be Alex, she's the one who's pretending to, which we kind of, we didn't mention her because I was talking about the new Pirates film, mm-hmm. um, but she's the one who told um, Sam's girlfriend about the uh, ghost ship. She's the one who puts the idea in her head, because she's, like you're saying, she's kind of an old lady who likes to, to eat this stuff up. Like, she's interested in the occult, she's interested in trying to speak to her ancestors and all this kind of thing, so uh, it's just an easy target for Bella. Yeah. Um, there, there's some, there's some good banter here. Uh, anytime Bella shows up, she, she and Dean have this like delightful back and forth that I, I, mm-hmm. I very much like. I think a lot of people hate on Bella. Uh, I don't particularly like it when shows input, input, excuse me, insert these like weird British sexy lady stereotypes. Um, this came up on Dexter. I don't know if you watch Dexter, but like they've just put, um, homegirl from, 
whatever that British show was in there. Like, and it just seemed really weird. And it seems really weird here too, mm. except her and Dean play off of each other so well. Like it's Dean so very much dislikes this chick and you would expect him to be kind of impressed by her. And he never is. And I love it. Yeah. Um, and there's a little exchange about how she doesn't really get it. And Sam's like, you shot me. <laughs> the shoulder yeah. hand. Like, come on. <laughs> and then as she's walking away, it's just so funny when the, the, the boys are just like united in their hatred for a moment. He's like, can I shoot her? And Sam's only response to that is not in public. <laughs> not in public. Uh, really good response to Can I Shoot Her. Um, we get another death scene. This is another dude that who is going, filling up his bathtub and uh, all of the water has turned black. So he inserts his hand into it to try to drain the tub and a mysterious hand comes out and grabs him and drowns him. Yeah, in the him. background, you could just hear, Yar! Yar! <laughs> I'm going to have to insert a bunch of pirate noises. I'm just going to go download all of the... Uh, pirate songs from assassin's creed 4 and just yeah, put those in sure the there you go um just as it's gonna be like seagulls around and stuff too <laughs> sure absolutely gonna do the whole thing uh, it'll be a theme episode right it's gonna feel like you're listening to an audiobook <laughs> that's 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 what we strive for here is that kind of quality and clarity um after this dude dies, of course, uh, Sam and Dean have to show up to investigate. They find Bella pretending to be a reporter interviewing somebody, run her off and tell her like to get lost because they're pretending to be cops. And yeah. <laughs> I don't like this, this whole thing. I, what, what is this episode, Chris? Like they spend a I lot of know. time trying to figure this ghost ship out and it goes on forever. They wanted to find a way for, um, to put the boys in tuxedos and they wanted um, Dean to go on a date with Bella and they wanted Sam to slow dance with an old lady. Like, it seems like those are the core tenets of this episode. It was not like they were imagining a, they were imagining Indiana Jones or like, you know, m- more applicably feels like Nathan Drake from the Uncharted games. Like, what would it be like if we took this like crazy adventurer guy and had to stick him in a fancy ballroom or, you know, something like that? Like, this international thief thing like they're just playing off of a theme that doesn't really exist in supernatural and i get that bella is that but it's like they wanted to make the boys into like these cool like art thieves or something um and that part of it is fun like bella and dean like you said playing off of each other is fun sam slow dancing with an old lady who just like is hungering for that hog hungering for that hog and like grabbing on that booty too don't forget that none of this (laughs) fucking episode makes any sense it's just it goes on forever and ever it's okay it's not that it doesn't make sense but yeah it goes on forever and it just it's just stupid (laughs) at one point uh sam who is convinced that it's ghost ships is uh, researching shipwrecks, and he's literally reading a book. I sent this to you in the chat, and I'll try to include it like in our thing. It's just reading with just has a big ass dumb book of shipwrecks. It's a book titled Shipwrecks. Like it's, oh my god, oh, dude, oh dude, this is yeah, yarg. Yarg. Bella Bella does show up eventually and and tell the boys what's going on. But so basically there was an old pirate, um there was an old ship, his hand got chopped off or something and it's been turned into what he she calls a hand of glory, which is the right hand of a hanged man um and it's some sort and of it's supernatural also what artifact. Dean got after his massage or whatever. I've, absolutely. Yeah, he has to make that uh he has to make the Asian massage joke. Um Yeah, it's a uh, it's a holy hand job essentially. But a holy hand job. They they decide to break into this fancy party like you mentioned uh sam and the aunt from earlier are going as a couple and bella and dean are going as a couple and 
man, like this whole this whole party scene should be a lot more fun than it is. Like mm-hmm. there's like they do bad spy music, like there's dancing. Like you've seen this show before. Like you've seen this segment yeah. before on yeah. countless TV shows and movies. Like this is the classic. We got to sneak in here and break in to steal the MacGuffin and get the fuck out. And it and it plays out exactly the way that you would expect, like literally exactly the way you would expect. Like everything mm-hmm. happens by the it's a by the numbers spy movie or TV show or segment or whatever you want to call it. Yep. Things get flirty with uh, Dean and Bella when when Dean first shows up with his in his tuxedo. Um, what does she say? We should have angry sex. We should have angry sex. Like yeah, absolutely. And he's, he actually, he respond- this is the this is probably the best moment of the episode. <laughs> and he responds, "Don't objectify me," which is so good. <laughs> yeah. It takes him a minute because he's like obviously like thrilled to hear that, but he's also pissed off because he hates Bella. And he just he, he's used to being like the dude hitting on people, so it just takes him a minute. And he crosses his arms like a pouty kid and just says, "Don't objectify me." <laughs> and she's going to get off some one-liners d- throughout this entire episode. Like at one point, she tells him. um he asked her, like, why didn't you fill me in on the plan? And she's like, I don't want to do what you want to thinking. Like, that's not your job in this. You're not very good at it. Like, I, I'm, I'll just do all the thinking in this old thing. Um, it's, man, I I want this episode to be so much better because for some reason I'm fascinated with ghost ships. Like, I went to the movie theater to watch the movie Ghost Ship and had a good time. Sure. Like, that's, you know, I, I want this to be better and it's just, it's just not... Um, they finally find the hand of glory, uh, and it's super gross looking. Like it's a desiccated hand, right? Like it's just gross looking. Yeah. yeah, I believe it's it's so it's the hand of a of a pirate, and he was either killed by I think he was killed by his brother, right? Something like that, and that's why the ghost ship is coming back, or or the pirate is coming back with the hand, and he is Arr. killing people who have killed. People in their own family. Yeah, I don't. This is a jump, man. Like, I did not get this yeah. at all. Like, they started investigating just, people that have actually have been killed, and it's just okay, sure. Like, this one ghost decides to be pissed off at these other real people because he knows way too much about their private. Yeah. Like, is he is he creeping so, up on them on Facebook? Like, what's happening? I don't here? know. So, the, the first girl, she was in a car accident, and her cousin, who was in the passenger seat, died. Um, the second situation seems a lot more applicable to this. Uh, it's two brothers who murdered their father for like their inheritance, and they're both killed. So, like those ones, like they murdered their their dad, and I could get why like a vengeful spirit would go after that. You know, it it ghosts love themes. If there's anything that ghosts loves, it's it's themes. Yeah. Um, theme murders seems to be the ghost. Yeah, theme <laughs> big thing. Like, what do we want to do? Thi- what do we want to do this century? Let's switch it up. Um, so the first girl, I mean, that's unfortunate. The second one, okay, we get it. Um, this entire time, Bella has been acting like she, of course, she wants to save the old lady or something, mm-hmm. or she wants to save people from being, I don't know, because she's like, oh, I have a lucrative business around here by pretending to be this Alex person, but obviously that's totally not true. She wants to sell the Hand of Glory, and she steals it from Dean without him noticing, um, and sure enough, Bella sees the ghost ship herself, and if we haven't touched on it yet, if you see the ghost ship, um, you, you are now cast in the new Pirates of the Caribbean movie, and that <laughs> franchise will never end, and you will never be free. So, yeah, you will die. <laughs> if you see the ghost ship, you will be cast in the new Pirates of the Caribbean. That's great. Oh, just, yeah. just people fleeing the ghost ship. Like, no! I no, don't want to be subjected to Johnny Depp's whackery! Ah. <laughs> So she's like, oh shit, well now I'm going to die and I have no choice but to call Sam and Dean and ask for help. Yeah, this, oh man, so, 
Yeah, this but is then, all. So now, now there's just the question of Bella. Who the hell did you kill? Dean kind of uh, talks some shit, and she's like, you know, y'all don't know me. You know, get out of my face. I'll be in Pirates of the Caribbean if I have to. I could do the British accent, be Elizabeth. I think that's the girl's name. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there's at least one Elizabeth in a Pirates of the Caribbean Yeah, who's movie. Keira if Knightley? Not, whatever, it doesn't matter. If, if not multiple Elizabeths, which I'm sure have happened by now. Yeah. Um, at, 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 how did they figure out the ritual? Like At, at this point, I'm kind of fading out, in and out of this episode because it's not I'm, making a whole lot of sense. Does Bobby know a ritual Either they call summon? Bobby or yeah. they look in Dad's diary. Or, or they, Sam gets out his fucking shipwreck Shipwreck book. book. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, he looks in shipwrecked.com. <laughs> hey, Dean, there's a paragraph in here about how to... Get rid of haunted Pirates of the Caribbean casts. The uh, his little speech to summon this this vengeful spirit. Uh, he he definitely says the word Castiel like a hundred percent. He says, says I think he says Azazel and then Castiel and then Azazel is um, another angel. I don't know if Azazel is an angel in Supernatural, but it's, a, it's an actual angel. Well, Azazel is the yellow eyed demon, right? He is. Yeah. yeah. So maybe see maybe he doesn't say Azazel, but it's something like that. It might have been that. He says um, a fucking name, though. <laughs> I don't know that Sam knows it's Azazel yet. No, he does. He, he's figured that out. Yeah, uh, he's yeah, had yeah. that conversation. But um, then he says Castiel for for sure. For sure. And then I, I'm going to only put this one about 40%, but it's a 40% chance that he says the word boobies during this, right? Like, you heard it, too. Yeah, it's, like, he, it's he says Latin, Castiel. but it's boobies. It's definitely boobies, like, which sounds out of place as hell. Like, it makes me think that this was a prank that they were running on the production team, and they were finally just yeah. like, okay, fine, fuck it. This will be the take that we get. We're just tired of you saying <laughs> dumbass things during this episode. Yeah, he... When he um when he said Castiel, I immediately picked up my phone and started messaging you mm-hmm. to say, "Hey, Sam just said Castiel. We're reading the spell." And I wasn't looking at the screen. I sent the message, and then I just hear in the background boobies, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, that's what Sam said." Yeah, he said boobies, one hundred percent. He says a lot of meaningless bullshit. Like he just kind of throws words out there. But uh, he eventually summons the captain of the ship, who is the guy that killed his brother from that had the hand or whatever. Um, and then they have like the they like. F- fight each other this vengeful spirit that is missing the hand and the captain of the ghost ship and they like splash each other out of existence i honestly don't even know what you're talking about right like <laughs> that's that's how fucking pointless this episode was they like run at each other and they like hit each other and they both like splash away like they're both made of water like they're 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 water ghost <laughs> or something they both tried to to dry to, to excuse me, they both try to drown each other on dry land. But yeah, we're like, oh fuck! Oh no, we're both, we're both water. pirate ghosts, <laughs> and we're and we're dead already, so we can't die yeah. again. Except, a pirate's life for me. I, I just it's exactly that. I don't. This is such a this is such a terrible episode of Supernatural. Yeah. Like honestly, I don't even think they're pirates. I think that they were just sailors. <laughs> I think they're just sailors. Like I think we're making up all this pirate stuff a hundred percent. But uh, yeah. it's still like it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't make it any worse or better if they were or were not pi- pirates. Uh, mm-hmm. We do have it. We we skimmed over a lot of this, which listeners will thank us for skimming over a lot of this. But I do want to go back to towards the middle of the episode where Sam and Dean are having a conversation uh, and. Sam, it feels like that he can't save anyone anymore because he feels like he doesn't. Oh, yeah. Like, I think we need it's to talk after, about that a little bit, huh? Definitely, definitely. It's it's after one of the victims is, is killed. It's the one that they, they show up at this guy's house and the guy kind of calls them out for, like, sitting outside of their house in their old car. He's like, you, in that, like, old shitty car and those clothes, like, you're not cops. And they're like, no, we're just undercover. And regardless, this guy ends up getting killed by the ghost pirate. And that's a big bummer. And they're driving away, and Dean's like, you know, dude, you, you, you can't save them all. Like, don't worry about it. 
and Sam's kind of, you know, he's being all broody and whatever. And I think it's a little bit much. I don't want to blame Jared Padalecki for it. I want to blame the writers for it, mm-hmm. for this next line just being like, I think Dean starts to say something, as you do when you're trying to console somebody, and sometimes you just open your mouth and you just start talking. You don't really know what to say. You know, Dean's trying to make Sam feel a little bit better, because he's like, yeah, all right, dude, yeah, no, I get it, you're bummed out we didn't just save that guy. Um, But Sam interrupts him with just the, lately it feels like I can't save anybody line. (laughs) And it's a little, it's it's very heavy-handed, but it also feels necessary to be like, all right, we gotta get Sam's state of mind. Um... Because this episode and this season, especially with the next two, there is a lot of um, there's a lot of tension between the brothers, and it's not necessarily like they're hiding things from each other because each secret keeps coming out. You know, Dean sells his soul, but then you know by the end of the episode, Sam knows about it, and you know Sam goes and he kills the Crossroad Demon, but then the next episode he just told Sam or he just told Dean, mm-hmm. so it's. They've got these little things that they're doing, and they're clearly clearly getting irritated with each other. They keep kind of getting in fights, and then resolving them sort of, and moving past them. And it's just as much as as much as the line is heavy handed. It's an expression of of futility, because obviously he feels like he can't save Dean, and that's that's the big issue here. It's not that this random dude he couldn't save. It's that he's he's swinging blindly into the darkness, and he can't find anything to hit, anything to to kill, to hunt um, that would bring his brother out of this danger that he's in um yeah it just it's just an expression i think of his his frustration and the futility of everything that they're doing and and the building tension between the two brothers who are constantly arguing now and unlike we've really seen them before we've seen them fight for an episode but there's just that steady build of tension between the two of them now where it's like it it feels very natural i started to think about it especially towards the end of the third the, the second episode here it that build of tension and, and kind of frustration with them as brothers, it starts to feel very real and very natural. And, and despite some of the heavy-handed lines like this one, and despite some of like the grandiose gestures of like I sold my soul for you, and I just want to be done with all this, and you know all these all these different things, the kind of slow build of just even the way they act around each other, just being a little bit more strained. Maybe I'm noticing it. Maybe I'm just like you know overanalyzing as I often do. <laughs> But it does start to feel very natural, and this scene, although the line is heavy-handed again, feels like a pretty good um, like cap on on some of what's been happening here. Yeah, it's the the tension is I I, I can I I feel a lot of that tension between these two right now. Like the the core conflict here, which is Dean has sold his soul and is pretty pretty well committed to this deal of you know I sold my soul, Sam is alive, I've got a year, I'm going to do my thing and then I'm dead. Like I'm not even going to try to break out of it. While Sam on the other side is actively trying to get him out of this thing. Like that's our core conflict and that that plays mm-hmm. out very well over these episodes even when ghost ships keep getting in the way and pirates keep getting in the way. Like we we still see that tension back and forth which I think is yeah. really really fun, really interesting. And, you know, it, the the I think the conflict, the main like frustration with the two of them is like Dean gave literally everything to save Sam. And he just wants Sam to kind of just like appreciate it and be like, okay, that's it. Meanwhile, Sam is saying, you know, now I have to return the favor. I can't just let you die, which is understandable. But he doesn't have Dean to rely on in order to get that done. I feel like in most situations, whenever Sam tries to push out on his own, whenever Sam goes, you know, gets in a fight with John or had to go to school or whatever bad thing happened, he always had Dean to rely on, even if he didn't know it. Dean was always kind of there in the background. And this is one thing that Dean won't help him with. As much as Dean doesn't want to die, he's also not trying to get out of the deal. 
Exactly. So he won't help Sam do it. And without Dean to support him, we're seeing Sam do some pretty reckless things. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, this, like, shooting the Crossroads Demon was, uh, we talked about it extensively on the last episode of the mm-hmm. podcast. Like, that was a terrible plan. Like, that doesn't, you have no idea what that would have done. And you're just yeah. lucky that it hasn't caused any kind of damage yet. So. Some of the most interesting stuff in the show happens when the boys are at odds with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are, the two of them, they cannot, they aren't good separated. They can't, they're, they're not at 100% unless they're working together because they make up for the other one's weaknesses. And, um, yeah, without, Sam is considered the, the brains of the operation, but really without Dean there, like, like, like we just said, he's gonna keep making stupid decisions. Because, yeah, he's the brains of it, but he's also crazy emotional, and he's also very reactionary, and he just goes and he does shit. Where Dean, we discussed this, I think, in the last episode, Dean has a lot more purpose behind everything he does. Yep. He he weighs the consequences, and he might still decide, you know, it, it's worth it anyway. But Sam just does the thing, doesn't think about it. Dean thinks about it, and then will do the thing, but at least he's thinking about it. At least he's accepting responsibility. Sam doesn't think about responsibility. He just shoots stuff in the head, apparently. When Dean is reckless, like, he's doing it for fun with minimal consequences. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's having sex with a stranger, or he's eating a cheeseburger, or a bacon cheeseburger the for only breakfast, thing, right? Like, it's, like yeah, <laughs> the only thing being put on the line is Dean when it comes to Dean. Exactly, he's not yeah. not putting anyone else at risk. And, and Sa- where Sam is kind of just loses it a little bit. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's... Oh, man. I think that... Oh, we, um, during this episode, Bella's talking some shit against Sam and Dean... And she says um, that you do this out of vengeance and obsession. And she says vengeance and obsession, and she turns her head as she says it. So you don't, I don't think you necessarily see which one she's saying it to, but I take Dean as vengeance, and I take Sam as, as obsession. obsession. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's a pretty good... It, it's, yeah. Vengeance, as much as it is a toxic, awful thing, has a clear, understandable uh, reasoning behind it. You know? Like, you know, X killed my mom... Why ruined my life? Wait, so now I'm gonna go kill demons. Wait, wait, DMX killed their become, mom? Is that what I just said? DMX. <laughs> yeah. X gonna give it to you on X fire and hitting the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to I had to break in for the DMX jokes. You know how I am. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> X gonna deliver it to you. All right. <laughs> oh man, it's. I, we we talked about this way back in the in the early seasons as well. Like this this difference between Dean, like Dean's idea was always like we're going to kill this demon and then we're over and we're done. Like we don't have to worry about it anymore. And obviously that the, the show has given them reasons not to do that. But like he's mm-hmm. still very much on a vengeance kick. Like and he's he's set himself an, an expiration timer. Like after a year he doesn't have to do this anymore. Which as he's told us directly since season two, he doesn't want to do this anymore. Which is really, really sad that he's got you know, at least ten or fifteen more mm-hmm. years of doing this ahead of him. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, at least vengeance is incredibly unhealthy, but it makes sense. Obsession also incredibly unhealthy. Oftentimes, it doesn't make sense. And I think that, um, I think that Bella's assumptions of the boys are very, very telling. And I think that they're going to stay with them for a while. Yeah. Um, to finish out this episode, though, uh, after the two the two ghost pirates or maybe not pirates whatever uh splash each other out of existence which looks about as dumb as you might be picturing right now uh they everyone kind of goes their separate ways but bella hands the boys ten thousand dollars each and is like yeah you guys played a part like here's your cash (laughs) like which is (laughs) which is nice like i like seeing the boys get paid for their hard-earned money and i like the fact that they take it first time it's ever happened first time it's ever happened outside of the rabbit's foot episode where they made some money on scratch-off tickets and that was really it 
Well, but then Bella stole that anyway. And Bella did steal that. You're right. This is probably she's basically just paying them back. This is probably that ten thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dean goes on a little speech to Sam about how Sam's going to be perfectly fine when uh, Dean eventually dies, and uh, Sam doesn't want anything. Sam does not want to have this conversation. He's really, really pissed off that Dean is telling him this, and kind of shuts down. And Dean just blissfully ignores it. Like, okay, you're finally not talking about your feelings. I'm just going to drive to the next job. <laughs> like, if all I if all I all I had to do was tell you how I honestly feel about something and get you to shut the fuck up, why haven't I been doing it for years? <laughs> So yeah, that's- there is a, yeah. There, there's starting to be that breakdown of communication where they're both at their wit's end with each other. They're both on such different pages with this that there's almost no point in talking about it anymore. Sam's definitely the type who who doesn't want to go to bed angry, but uh, he's the one who started the fight in the, to begin with. And Dean's just like, I'm willing to let this go, you know, but uh, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, you want to go to the next one? Yeah, thank or do, do you thank have God. any? Do you have anything left to say about the ghost? Let's ship? get the fuck out of Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean Five over here. <laughs> Bye, Johnny Depp. <laughs> We're going to be on to Fresh Blood, written by Sarah Gamble and directed by Kim Anderson. You know this one's going to be pretty important. Uh, two days after my 27th birthday, 11 15 Sam and Dean learn that a male vampire is using human blood to turn women into unsuspecting bloodsuckers. Meanwhile, Sam is being pursued by Gordon, who's escaped from jail and become a much more dangerous threat. I don't think a lot of that is very accurate whatsoever, but so. Doesn't. Yeah, it's mostly just the one thing that this episode was about, but yeah, that's fine. Yeah, our good friend Gordon is back. Uh, we In our cold open, he immediately meets Bella, and they're going to work out a deal, which. I don't know why Bella would have anything to do with this dude. So sure, let's just yeah. I don't know. It's um, I it's a fun it's a fun enough scene. It's interesting just to kind of see Bella isn't uh, a villain, but she's been in an, an antagonist to the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting to see two different, very different types of antagonists that the boys have faced interacting with one another. And um, Gordon obviously knows that she has been around the boys a few times. He demands at gunpoint that she give up their location, and she's like, well, I'm not caving into your threat, so you think, oh, okay, Bella's got our back now, Bella's our pal. And she just goes, if you just, you know, you hook me up, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll find out where they are for you. He doesn't want to cave into that, but then she sees he has a little voodoo or hoodoo pouch or whatever. Yeah, um, a little charm. Some sort of goofer, goofer dust. Goofer dust, yeah, um, mm-hmm she's basically like, give me that and I will, uh, I'll get the boys for you. And it's as simple as, you know, he hands it to her and then she goes, Hey Dean, where are you on the phone? <laughs> she just and that's picks that. up the phone and calls him really great moment. I like that a lot. And like, uh, Gordon's face during this exchange is also very, very good. So that's, that's a fun one to go look up if you can find it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, our main episode, Sam and Dean are hunting vampires, and uh, Dean kind of does this maneuver where he's he thinks he's going to he makes the viewer and this vampire that he's hunting think that he's going to kill the vampire, but in reality he's just sticking her with dead man's blood and a kind of a risky mm-hmm. maneuver, like waiting for this vampire to charge him straight at him so he can use this vial of dead man's blood. Listeners, yeah, if it's... if you're out there and you don't remember the early episodes, dead man's blood kind of incapacitates these vampires in the supernatural universe for a little while. So Sam and Dean, it's naturally- a very cool. Uh- 
keep, keep a bunch of dead man's blood in their car yeah. like you do. It's a, it's a cool bit of lore that um, it's always good when they use that because it's like, yeah, that's very that's very effective. It's very creepy that you boys have that. But um, I'm picturing like a like a like a Samsonite suitcase just with the letters D and B <laughs> written on it that they just tell everybody is their Dave Matthews band like reissues. Yes, like, yes. yes. <laughs> it's absolutely the case. Uh, but yeah, they, so they interrogate this vampire to try to figure out how she got turned into a vampire. And she refuses to believe that she's a vampire. She says she was at a club, that she was talking to a dude. He looked old, he like 30, which, thanks Supernatural, you ain't got to drag me. My <laughs> co-host on the Supernatural podcast does that enough already. Uh, but yeah, she, she was given this drug, and it made her like feel crazy, and she can't come down from it. But sure enough, like she's a fucking vampire, and what, he, what, they, what she was given was vampire blood. So that's shitty. Like That's a real shitty the, thing to do yeah. for a vampire. The boys act pretty especially Sam a little shady in this situation you can see them Sam has has changed he's a little bit more ruthless or I don't know ruthless is the right word but but cunning and kind of cunning in a bad way where he is he's not the same Sam he used to be where he he tells her like everything's going to be okay they just want to ask her some questions or if you you know answer our questions and we'll let you go and she's like really okay and then he looks at Dean like, we're not going to let her go. And you would just... <laughs> Sam, he used to take the moral high ground with this stuff, but now it seems like he doesn't have the patience for it anymore. Well, and it's uh, it's absolutely because of his obsession, as we mentioned for the last episode, mm-hmm. but his focus on saving Dean. Like, these monsters don't matter to him anymore. It's only yeah. about Dean. So it doesn't matter if these monsters were good people, Like, and he's not going to go out of his way to try to... What, what did he say the last time this came up? To try to kill the the daddy vampire to see if she just magically cured. No, they they yeah. fucking execute this woman like this. They just straight up I mean, execute her. It's, <laughs> they, it's kind they, they of do. vicious. They don't, they don't go. Cause I mean, Sam still makes his face like, ah, oh, this sucks. Like I wish we didn't have to do this, but Dean just walks up to her. He's not like, all right, we're going to let you go and then walk behind her and then cut her head off. He just walks up to her and then cuts her head off. Like you could have done that a little bit more subtly, but I guess it doesn't matter. No, nope, He just, just, just straight up executes her. And, uh, man, I can't, I just, this whole thing just is is a level of merc- mercilessness, maybe of the boys yeah. that are that is is kind of scary to me. Like seeing these boys have this hard edge to them. Granted, they they have to kill monsters. That's what they signed up for. That's what they do. But like when the monsters end up being like innocent teeny boppers at a club that were drugged against their will to get turned into vampires, like that's some shitty that stuff to do. But what else are you gonna do with them? Yeah. Like they don't have a bat cave or an Arkham Asylum or. Uh, like a, a superpower prison thing. Like they don't have any of that shit. Like they can't carry these people around in the Apollo. Although, right, man, <laughs> they probably will at some point. I'm sure it's going to happen. But uh, taking these episodes week by week, uh, even in the past, I probably watched them at like a higher rate than I, than I am now. You know, I'd watch half a season in, in a week just because I'd be binging it or something. Um, but now I feel like I have a much better understanding of the characters and, and seeing them, Go from season one, Sam and Dean, where, I mean, at the beginning of season two, even we're talking about how Dean's cutting loose and he's going a little crazy and it's kind of like it's raw and it's scary and it's it's like, okay, we got to pull Dean back from that anger, that shit that he's dealing with. But now it's like the, the boys are, they're affected by the job. They're different than season one. And if you watch it over time, it just kind of seems like you get used to it. And it's just like, okay, that's just how it is. That's how the show is. Sometimes they got to kill monsters and they, you know, it sucks. But I think that at least me, I, I have done the writers a disservice by sort of ignoring that and just seeing, you know, looking at the the monster that they're killing and then maybe some of the brotherly drama, but not really paying attention to just the, the singular ways that both the brothers, individually and as a unit, 
have really kind of changed and like hardened and um they just don't give a shit sometimes and you wouldn't expect that out of like season one sam and dean yeah that season one sam and dean are definitely actively caring about the people that are involved in this like and by season three and especially towards the later season like the the fucking path of devastation that they leave behind them like the wake of dead bodies is just insanity and this this it really starts in season three where they kind of just don't give a shit because how can you like when there's you've, yeah. you've let loose a hundred demons there's also vampires also hunters also the cops like everybody's yeah. looking for you you don't have time to deal with you know the, the particular the, the niceties of a situation there's just a level of desperation under everything that they do now too um you know dean's on the clock you know he, he's he's gonna find out a number of time and it's basically the same for sam because he only has so much time to try and save him and even when they're not thinking about it which i'm sure they always are it just still adds that kind of urgency and that kind of uh like you said you know obsession with sam especially that just clouds all of their behavior like you know if a person's going through a breakup even when they're not talking about it they're probably thinking about it and they're probably acting on it in some way um that's how these boys are <laughs> that's, that's how they are uh, so they finished with this chick, like I mentioned, they execute her, which is pretty vicious. And uh, we go back to Gordon, and I don't remember Jesus Freak's name from the last episode. Kubrick. Of- Kubrick. I should probably remember Kubrick, right? That's a pretty, that's a pretty <laughs> big a name. name. Uh, so my notes just refer to him as J Freak the entire for the rest of the notes. So if you're wondering who that you is, know, that's, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but they're interrogating someone, I guess, trying to get information on. Uh, Sam and Dean. When like the guy just is like, I don't know what they look like. One of them was real tall. yeah yeah i think that they so he was attacked was he attacked by one of the vampires this dude yeah yeah i think he was attacked he's in the hospital yeah yeah that's right and i think he says that he just told all this stuff to the cops and they go oh what cops or that's what it was you know what i didn't bother writing it i don't really know but (laughs) basically that kind of keys gordon into the fact that they like okay we are they're on the trail adjacent Mm -hmm. to sam and dean right now yeah 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 um so they just Sam and Dean, meanwhile, uh, not oblivious to this whole Gordon situation, is um, staking out this bar that this uh, lady got vampired in, and sure enough, manages to stop another lady from getting vampired, which is super cool, right? Yeah, they finally save somebody. Quit pouting, Sam. They finally save a person. <laughs> like it's been like like this is episode seven of season three. I think this is the first person they yeah. saved all. Season. They haven't helped anybody since like bugs yeah. in season one. <laughs> <laughs> It's been it's been a it's been a kind of a I mean maybe the kids in that uh the kids are right episode I think I guess they yeah, save them, them but that's I mean them. kids aren't people right we can all agree that with that no, like no, kids no, no, aren't no, real no. people they haven't developed personalities or anything. until you get a driver's license you're an object <laughs> exactly yeah, get a fucking ID card man then come coming at me. from two people who do not have kids. do not have children whatsoever <laughs> yeah have no yeah no no we kids have a supernatural podcast <laughs> yeah that should clue you in about our kid status. <laughs> <laughs> and our ability to get laid on a regular basis. <laughs> um, as they're trying to save this chick from getting vampired, uh, Gordon and Kubrick shows up, and there's a full-on nobody cares about the civilians fucking shootout between the Winchesters yeah. and Gordon's group. And uh, this was kind of scary to me, too. Like This cavalier, like we're literally just going to shoot at an open bar situation is... I don't think that season one Sam and Dean would do something like that. Like they would definitely run away no and regroup and try to get them on their own no. territory. Shit just starts going crazy, and it seems it really just seems like like Sam and Dean, after everything they've been through, are just going to be shot to death in an alleyway. Like when they're <laughs> hiding behind that car, like it's just like serious shit. And that's when Dean's like, "All right, I'm going to lead him away." Because the vampire is involved in this too, in some way. I don't know. Um, <laughs> he's around. 
Yeah, and the and the vampire manages to sneak around during this and get the drop on Gordon and actually kidnaps yeah. Gordon. So our our next scene uh, after the shootout is finished is Sam and Dean. Dean figuring out, oh, it was definitely Bella that told Gordon where to find us. She was the last person to ask me where I was. And then we immediately go back to the vampire's lair where... Chris, what is this vampire's motivation? Can you can you help me out here? He is he's, he's randomly literally Edward Cullen. He's, he's Edward very Cullen. sad, <laughs> and just like Edward Cullen, he is very creepy and rapey, and he doesn't really care about your feelings, only fulfilling the sadness inside of him. He wants somebody to write poems about, and he wants somebody who wants to write poems about him. So he goes out to bars and gets young girls um, drugged and drunk, and then turns them into vampires to create his new family. He he tries to play it as if he's sympathetic. As if he has more humanity than the hunters, uh-huh. and I don't know if we're supposed to 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 feel that in some way. I, but I, I did, don't. I, I mean, I get, get that, that he yeah. he's certainly showing more humanity. He's acting more humanity than the hunters are. But he, I mean, he's just fucking he turning. He's killing people and turning them into vampires for his own selfish needs. That's like kidnapping a bunch of uh, people to live in your basement and have them, you know, be your, your fucking live-in wives like these real people in real life do. Like, that's the kind of monster that this dude is. He's just turning them into vampires instead of keeping them in his rape dungeon or whatever. So he's he's a bad dude. <laughs> I have one, one important follow-up question to that. Uh, sure. Who is Edward Cullen? <laughs> Oh, he's the dude from Twilight. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had no idea. Oh, yeah, Edward- I was going to roll with it. I just had no fucking clue who that was. Ed- Edward Twilight, as he's known. To Edward Edward Twilight. Yes, of course. And when I was in high school, to again make you feel old, uh, my English teacher had a giant poster of that dude from uh, what's his name, Robert Pattinson from 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 the movie Twilight. Uh-huh. And it just said Edward, and underneath it Twilight because of the name of the movie. But we all just called him Edward Twilight in high school. <laughs> It's, and girls will be like, that's not what his name is. I'm like, it fucking says it right there. Yeah, it is. Edward Twilight. That's Edward Scissorhands' stepbrother, right? Edward <laughs> yes, Edward, Edward Twilight. <laughs> cousin cousin of Robert Sunset. <laughs> uh, I, I, I agree with everything that you said about the vampire, by the way. Like, kidnapping women. He's a creepy monster. Shackling them up, turning them into vampires, and then turning them loose with really no, like, actual kind of plot or anything just to cause a bunch of chaos seems kind of shitty. Uh he ha- kind of has this whole conversation with with Gordon, which I mean, Gordon's a vampire hunter. Like you're never going to get this dude on your side, and he yeah. tries he's for a little to, while. Trying to make Gordon feel bad for him, yeah. so he's like, "Well, fuck you, Gordon. I'm going to feed you to my whatever." And then my harem of vampire Gordon, ladies. My hair. Yeah, it's literally it's a harem. Yeah. Um, he's like, "I'm gonna. They're going to be all my girlfriend. It's going to be really cool. <laughs> yeah. um, that's why there's only girls and one guy." Like they'll have no choice but to go on dates with me. Um, he, I'm the only vampire. I'm whatever. the only vampire guy they know. Oh no! I introduced yeah. them to my stepbrother Edward Twilight. Shit! Robert, this is Robert Sunset. Robert. Oh, this is Robert Sunset, stepbrother yeah. to Edgar Twilight. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, um, Robert, he he's had enough of of Gordon's lip, and he, after Gordon expresses how much he hates vampires, he's like, "You're not fucking like." All of your feelings that you're talking about right now are invalid because you're just a gutter monster. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's got some pretty good stuff because Gordon is just a hateful, hateful, hateful person. He's a killing he, machine. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a killing hateful who just believes that he's 100% right about everything, too. So, you know, I, I really like I probably have brushed over it before and I've said it before how much I like Gordon, but I just love his his arc, his downfall. You know, he's a 
he's a ruthless dude at first, but he's just something else now. He's he just like Sam has completely become obsessed and fixated on one thing that happens to be well before it was vampires, but now it happens to be Sam. He he thinks Sam's the Antichrist. Yep. But yeah, he's just he's just gone bonkers. So seeing so, him so, like so, even what does Robert Sunset do? What's the ultimate punishment for for you can do to, you can give to a vampire hunter? He's like. All right, motherfucker! I'm turning you into a vampire. You can be, you can be in my harem too. Piece of shit. Boom! Roasted. I'm like, gonna make you kiss me. <laughs> I'm gonna make you kiss me on the neck. <laughs> Duke Gordon, give me a kiss. He's like, no, I don't want. To. No, you're my vampire child. You have to give me a kiss. That's how vampire child works. I don't want to, Robert. It's not. <laughs> Come on. Not in front of the girls. They said no. Uh, I. I actually like this a lot. I like the yeah. fact that this uh, goofy vampire guy, which uh, Autumn told me sh- looks like Billy Corgan from the highlight of his career, which I kind of agree with. Like he looks, he looks very Billy. He looks very goth. Like he looks very motorcycle goth. If that makes any sense, definitely. Uh, definitely. But uh, he converts Gordon to a vampire, and you talked about Gordon's arc. Like this transition is so good, and I like we're, what we're going to see for the rest of this episode is him using this newfound ability, like using these new things, absolutely disgusted with himself, but like saying to people saying to his buddy Kubrick, like it doesn't matter what I am. Like I, that doesn't matter. We have to, we have to fit. We have to get to Sam. We have to, every single means justifies this end of killing Sam. And then mm-hmm. we can deal with my bullshit. Like it just turns yeah. him into this relentless monster now more than anything. Like he just gives up everything and it's really, really good. He goes to, because now he's, he's fueled not only by hatred for Sam and vampires, but hatred for himself. So it's just this, but he's still just as determined. And he goes to, to Kubrick and he's like, Hey, so the Fang, they got me. And Kubrick's like, Oh no, like, you know what this means. I have to kill you, kill you. And, and Gordon is like, yeah, I'm right there with you, buddy. Like, I want you to kill me, but now I'm a better hunter than ever. I have these these powers now that I'm a vampire. Let me use them to kill Sam Winchester. Like, now is my chance to get him. And, you know, let me do one last good thing on this on this earth. Um, and he, you know, he looks to, to Kubrick's, you know, one of his Jesus pictures. Basically, like, <laughs> a, a vampire basically praying to Jesus. It's like, it's, I don't know, it it's, strikes an interesting uh, picture. But... Kubrick is like, nah, I'm still, I'm still gonna kill you. And then, of course, Gordon has to kill his buddy because at this point he's willing to just to give up everything. He's already forsaken his humanity, but he's he's willing to give up everything in order to to kill Sam. Yeah, we do get a lot of vampire vision special effects here, which I actually think really, really work for the show. As, yeah, it looks as, really cool. As Gordon is walking around, like he can see these headlights that are kind of blinding him because he's he's light sensitive now. Uh, and then, like, there's a scene with some tail lights of the car that he's kind of chasing that like kind of streak away that look looks really, really nice. Like, really, really well done. All of the cinematography in this episode, I think, is really great. So, yeah, this is one of my favorite episodes of this season. Yeah, this is this this is really really good. Um, it's it's really I don't really remember how this happens, but somehow the boys Sam and Dean get in touch with the daddy vampire with uh, Robert Sunset, and yeah, I, like like he just like again just goes through this whole like woe is me I'm the last vampire feel sad for my vampire kind kind of bullshit but like yo dude you're kidnapping young women and turning them into vampires against their will you're not even giving them the question like you're not acting you're an asshole like you're a douchebag yeah yeah um and this is where gordon and the jesus freaks have it out in this like gordon yes, literally yes, yes. rips out that dude's heart which is kind of a bummer so yeah 
Well, R.I.P. Uh, Sam and Dean have this conversation, and Sam drops this guilt trip on Dean for like having. I I don't even like he just lays out this this whole guilt trip and makes Dean feel bad about basically everything. <laughs> I like, like this scene. It sounds like you don't. I I mean, get, walk me through walk me through the positive because a lot of times when when you describe what you see out of this out of these particular scenes, like I ended up liking it on the other side. But like this is, to me was just another example of Sam just being an incredible pain in the ass. Yeah, at a he's most definitely being a pain in the moment. ass. <clears throat> but it's about it's a it's when they are about to go and run after to Gordon. Um, I think that they have gotten a call from Bella because she feels kind of bad. It's, yeah, she has, uh, she has discovered a detail via, via mystery board or talking board yeah. or whatever she calls it. So she's like, hey, Gordon is at this warehouse right now. Oh, and that's how they get to the, the vampire, right? It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They Basically, they have a lead. Dean's like, okay, Gordon's trying to kill you, Sam, so you stay here. Let's destroy our SIM cards and our phones so he can't track us. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do whatever this thing is. And this is where Sam, I think, pleads for him to basically just like wait a second, and um, I wrote down some of what he says. He talks about how he looks, he's looked, he spent his entire life looking up to Dean, and he, he's like, I know you better than anybody, and I know that right now, all of this bravado, all of this recklessness, this is you being scared. And I found that that to be somewhat justified because of the scene, the last scene in the previous episode, um, where Dean kind of brushes off what Sam has to say about you know, worrying about himself and all this, this stuff. It's, it's Dean showing that he won't respond because Sam kind of struck a nerve a little bit. And he's like, yeah, okay, I'm going to turn up the radio and ignore you. Now this is kind of the culmination of that. And again, it is Sam being the little pain in the ass little brother. Um, but talking about how, you know, I know that you're scared. I look up to you. You are my big brother still. This really sucks. And I think he ends it. The reason that I like this whole little diatribe is because it, it's a, it doesn't make any sense, or it's not that it doesn't make sense. He doesn't have justification. Mm-hmm. And he ends the, the, the little speech is, I just wish you would drop the show and be my brother again. And just cuz. That's all he has to say. He tries to come up with what to say, but he's just, just, just cuz. Hmm. And this is the only time it feels like in this whole season that they get to be on the same page for just a second. And Dean's just like, okay, okay, we'll lay low. We won't go and I won't go after this thing right now. Like we'll, we'll give it a minute. We'll work together. Okay. And I could totally see it as Sam, you know, kind of being his nagging self, but it just, I like, I like that Dean listened. I like that the two were together again for like a minute where they kind of forget about all their other stupid bullshit. And Sam's like, dude, you're my big brother, please. And that's when obviously pulls on Dean's heart with the whole brother thing. You know, and he, he just, he's like, okay, I'm going to listen to you. Maybe, Sam is always over the top when it comes to talking about emotions, and Dean is always the opposite of it. He he mm-hmm. won't express anything, so it takes Sam almost crying and breaking down there to to get him to just say, "Okay." Dean's not admitting he's scared, but he's like, "I'm willing to listen to you now, Sam." And I like that moment between the two of them, that, especially with everything that's about to happen. That that makes a lot of sense because really, when I was watching it, and I I was I was way more focused on the Gordon side of the story. Admittedly, like that was the part that I was most interested in, and. I don't know. Like it just—it just seemed like yet another time for Sam to just pipe up and be like, <laughs> yes. "Hey, Dean, you suck. Thanks for saving my life. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna go against your wishes and kill that crossroad demon and probably some other scary shit that we don't really know the consequences of." By the way, I think you're scared. 
Like, geez, <laughs> dude, like, okay, we get it. We get it. But it, I, I totally get, I totally understand your side of it. I actually agree a lot. Like that, that is a good moment between those two to have because yeah, for the rest of the season, just about like, there's not going to be a lot of time for them to bond. Like yeah. they're going to be, we're kind of, there's a lot of bullshit to- between the two of them. And this is like a moment of like, come on, please. I, uh, I have a note in my notes that says, what is Sam burning? So after this conversation, Sam must burn something, but I cannot for the life it's of me this, remember what the, fuck is, what the fuck is happening here. It's something that keeps away their scent. Like, the vampire won't be able to smell them because of the oh, okay. whatever this does to like mask their scent or something like that. I, t- I totally um, missed that. That's fine. So it's more effective hiding, because Gordon could just be in the general area, and he'd probably be able to sense where they are, mm-hmm. um, because he has, you know, he, he knows them, he knows what they smell like, I guess. Um, but to get us to the end game, uh, Gordon calls um, on a phone somehow because they have already destroyed their phones, but whatever, uh, and says, and he tells them like, hey, if you don't come down and have this showdown with me, I'm just going to start killing innocent people. Yeah, he has he can, he has somebody in the background screaming or something like that. And uh, they say like, hey, Gordon, you're still a hunter. Like underneath all of this, like no matter what's happened, you're still a hunter. And Gordon says, no, I'm a monster now. Like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm willing to do this. And just again, showing... All sense of humanity from Gordon is, is just because, like, it's just gone. Like, that dude is. And it also just shows how close he was to that already. Already, yeah. Like, that's really, really fun. Like, what a great villain, right? Like, this is a great, yeah. especially because when you first meet him, like, I was Team Gordon. Like, this dude drive, drove an mm-hmm. El Camino full of weapons. He was <laughs> all about killing some fucking vampires. He had some beef with some shit. Like, it was great. Like, he was kind of hardcore and, like, a little weird. Like, I don't want to have too many beers with him, like I said. Yeah. But I'll have one, maybe two. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, all right, man, good catching up. I'll catch you later. Yeah, I don't want to be four beers deep into a conversation with this guy. But, like, I mean, <laughs> at least two. And now, like, to see, like, him going from that to, like, literally threatening innocent people who, which is exactly what he was hunting before, is super Super powerful. Mm-hmm. One of the one it's of the like best he, like villain transitions throughout the series. Hundred percent. He has you know he was just so he was barely able to justify his behavior before, probably to himself. But now, I mean, he was still able to convince you know vampires are scum. Vampires are scum. Okay, well now I'm that scum, so that just gives me full license to do whatever I want. Yep. Uh, so they Sam and Dean go to wherever he tells them to go. They ended up rescuing the girl in question, which is nice. But they in the process they get separated. Uh, Gordon is fighting Sam while Dean is going through like this vampire nest of just fucking murdering vampires left and right, which is really really <laughs> cool. Uh, there's Gordon is kind of stalking Sam through this stuff, and he's like, we get a lot of vampire. Yeah, he hasn't trapped with the lights off, and yeah, we get the yeah. And I, again, I like this vampire vision stuff. Like this works for me, but uh, you know, kind of doing that typical, you're a monster too. Like I'm not just the only monster here, and all that stuff to Sam, which is accurate. To a degree, but also yeah, like to Gordon, Gordon, fuck off! Like, come on! Yeah. <laughs> I don't have vampire teeth. Number one, is what should be Sam's first response. <laughs> I, I don't have vampire teeth, and I'm not sensitive to fucking a flashlight. So maybe you should dial it down a little bit. Yeah, come on, Gordon. Come on, Gordon. Um, get it together. So at a, at a certain point, I know they they fight each other a little bit. Sam gets tossed around. Dean breaks into the room. Yep. There's some back and forth. There's some. There's a little bit of fighting, pushing around. Um, Gordon bites Dean in the neck, right? Yeah, which seems like it to me was going to be a very big deal. Like if a vampire bites you in the neck, that's some serious shit. Like that's that's going steady. Like if you're in high school, right? Like that's that's some serious. <laughs> that's yeah. giving a girl there's some a serious ring. necking going. <laughs> yeah, on. that's a promise bite, Chris. Is what that was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he if he was to then bleed into that, that's that's when you're in trouble. So, yeah. but it almost seems like I'm gonna fucking turn Dean into a vampire because. Because fuck all y'all. Yeah, why not? Um, what if that would save him from hell? Uh, 
maybe we should have tried that. Maybe Sam, we should have tried that. Maybe it would get us get get him out of the demon deal. Who knows? Um, I'm an immortal so, child yeah, of the he, night now. Azazel, he can't have my soul. Yeah. <laughs> he. Uh, so there's yeah, a lot of action here. Yeah, there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of fighting, but at the end of oh, it... Oh, and then Sam attacks Gordon with the barbed without wire. any weapons. Yeah. Yeah, it's before the barbed wire. He runs up to him, attacks him. Gordon just comes and, like, shoves his shit in against this table where you see Sam... I, I had to, like, break it down and watch it carefully this time around because I've always wondered, like, where the hell did this come from? But he, he gets slammed into the table and his hand lands on, like, a cloth next to the barbed wire and he starts just pulling the barbed wire as he's still getting beaten up and then i guess he reaches around and grabs another piece of cloth and that's when he makes the whatever you want to call it this like barbed wire noose he so he has these two cloths in his hands like he's a fucking assassin grabs the you know barbed wire wraps it around gordon's neck and just starts pulling and it is the most violent thing that ever happens in supernatural i think yeah, this is really gruesome, and like because shooting somebody is like really bad and really violent, but there's something a little bit different about a physical thing, and the two of them just staring at each other, each other, like this this confrontation of of monsters. It's like Godzilla versus Mothra. Like they're just they're just staring each other down, and the face that Sam is making as he's you know squeezing this barbed wire, literally cutting a dude's head off with barbed wire, not, and not his cutting, hands are you know ripping, bleeding and like ripping. 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 Like that's I think that's a, the important distinction there. Like literally ripping this dude's head off with barbed wire, which is fucking insane. Yeah, it's, it's 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 very brutal. And yeah, they just the back and forth between you know Gordon's face with the blood kind of gushing out of him, and then the blood coming out of Sam's hands. And it's it's so it's just it's heavy. I can't believe they like, let that be on like the CW or whatever. Yeah, it's 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 pretty gruesome. Uh you don't actually see like the head fall off or whatever. Or, no. Or no no no. That's you just see his yeah. him it's Sam kind of be like yeah. and then you know how did that he's clearly did, done the, how did that go, done the deed. How did that go again? <laughs> <laughs> he uh it, it's super gruesome. <laughs> it's definitely a callback to when uh Dean gruesomely murdered that vampire when they first meet mm-hmm. Gordon when he just like literally cuts that dude's head off with the big saw thing. Uh It's just like also way more personal because you know last season you guys sat down and had beer together and sam you're a little bitch about all of it but still like he was a he was another hunter not too long ago and now you just brutally carved his head off yeah five minutes ago this dude was a hunter 10 minutes ago he was Mm -hmm. in jail (laughs) so (laughs) um so Gordon's taken care of, unfortunately, and that's that's going to be pretty much all all of all of the things that we have to do with Gordon. I don't think Gordon really ever comes back, so we can, no. we can put that to bed. Uh, we get our kind of follow up with Sam and Dean having a beer over at Bobby's while they're they're working on the car, and there's this really really nice moment where uh, Dean starts explaining to Sam yeah. about how carburetors work, and you see this this is the thing that the fuel goes into, and you want to make sure that it's this and this and this and. Sam doesn't quite get it at first, but he cottons on pretty quick and says, oh, like, this dude is teaching me this because he knows I'm going to have to take care of the Impala after he dies. Like, he's passing this along to me like Dad did with him. Which is a nice moment. I think that's a really good good moment. moment. You don't get to see too much of the boys just sitting around drinking beers with each other, uh, even though we're going to get to see the next episode. And um, But those moments are always nice when you just are like, oh, okay, those are just two two guys. Um, And in those moments, it almost just seems like Dean's not going to hell. He's maybe he's sick with something or like it just, they make it so normal that you just kind of, at least for me, it just makes me feel sad. Yeah. It's just a very kind of relatable thing to do. Like, Hey, you know, I'm not going to be around forever and I want you to take care of this thing that means a lot to me and whatever. And 
it's just yeah, it's it's a little bit real and it's and it's nice. I think it's a good touch for them. You said something at the end of season two, uh, where regarding their their like headquarters or their homes, like they never really have a place to to call their own or to call like a home. And these fleeting moments of of them communicating like this and having these moments together feels more like home than any actual location mm-hmm. can feel like they're at Bobby's like, and they're doing this, and, yeah. but that's not theirs. That's always going to be Bobby's. Like they're never going to own that place to live there, make it their own home, you know, grow family, start a family. You actually, you start families. You don't grow families. I don't know. I said grow family. <laughs> well, if uh, you're, you know, Robert sunset, you do. Yeah. If you're Robert sunset, you definitely go steal them from bars. And just make them your family <laughs> and, and then shackle them to uh yeah. Anyway, um, so like those kind of moments really, really work for me, especially when they step out of their existing comfort zones. So here we have Dean not being a sarcastic jackass for once. And then we have Sam seeing that and seeing the honesty of her emotion and responding to that in a like-minded fashion and not being a complete stick in the mud about it and not demanding that he give more or that he talk about his feelings. It's no, no, I'm going to show you how to do a thing that's, that means a lot to me. And Sam saying, okay, show me how to do that thing. And they're just, they're, they're they're experiencing the moment more than they're actually trying mm-hmm. to fight about it or anything else which is something I think that, yeah part of that definitely plays off of the you know i'm your little brother i look up to you kind of breakdown that they had you know a little while ago and now it's like okay let's ignore that happened but let's not forget about it also like we're not gonna talk about that we're just i'm just gonna show you how to do the impala just kind of it, it feels like how brothers would act sure yeah all in all, a really, okay. a really good episode. I, I mean, this, yeah, yeah. this is kind of the end of of one of my favorite reoccurring characters up to this point, which was Gordon. Um, we also we also kill off Jesus Freak, R.I.P. Kubrick. Like I'm gonna miss that dude. He was he was pretty good. Um, but turning Gordon into a vampire is is probably the best ending to that story, and they did it. It wasn't a three parter like that was over a couple of, like two different yeah. seasons over several episodes. It seemed to occur very naturally and it wasn't forced to happen. And I, I think it's some of the best character writing that the show has done. Having Gordon start out as where he, you know a relatively normal person, as normal as hunters can be, <laughs> like a little a little a little off, but like you have to be. Yeah, right? like him and Dean get in a fist fight the first time. Absolutely, around, yeah. You know that, that's it. The, the first time they meet, they just throw him up against a wall and demand to see his teeth. Like you're never gonna have a normal relationship with a hunter <laughs> but you know he starts off as kind of a cool dude and ends up as a literally the thing that he hated the most in the world only because he was so focused on sam which we're gonna find out was probably justified but <laughs> we'll get there eventually <laughs> listeners don't worry well, yeah he um especially this time around i'm realizing that gordon is is one of the best characters the, sh- the show does yeah. you know and maybe he would have um he would have been driven into the ground if they kept him around for too long but it almost, you know, I, I wish that we had gotten a couple more episodes with him, but at the same time, his arc was handled so well that, you know, I, I wouldn't want to push it. It's always a hard thing because as as consumers of media, we always generally want more of said media, like that we always want to have more of it. But it a, a lot of the time, um, see Dark Souls 3, having more of it doesn't necessarily make you happy. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, there's it's okay for people to stop. And I think this is the, like, you know, this is the perfect example of that restraint really, really shining for the show. Let's start talking about uh, a very supernatural Christmas 
air date was uh, December 13th, 2007. Chris, this is a Christmas episode. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll read the description so we can get to talking about it. Sam and Dean investigate murders committed by an anti-Santa. I'm going to repeat that. An anti-Santa. You know, I had the opportunity to look this up for Dad's journal, and I didn't. <laughs> didn't. Um, I think we could do, like, well, let me finish. Uh, investigate murders committed by an anti-Santa who pulls his victims up the chimney. Dean wants to celebrate a traditional Christmas since it will be his last, but Sam refuses, not wanting to accept that Dean won't be around next year. I think we could get some mileage out of Krampus. Like, I think Krampus is a lot of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. like there's a, there's a lot of fun Krampus stuff out there. Uh, we actually have a Kramp- Krampus Christmas tree ornament. Uh, <laughs> we ordered one to replace the angel on the top of the tree this year. And it came, it was so massive and so terrifying that we thought that our Christmas <laughs> guest would get scared. So we ended up keeping the, the not the angel, the star that we usually have on there. So yeah. that was a, that was a fail as the, as the teenagers like to say. <laughs> yes, they do say that. They do say I that. Think they do. Chris anti Santa. Like, yeah. Anti Santa. Anti Santa. What? 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 Uh, <laughs> What's the problem? <laughs> there's, there's, two, there's two problems here. Number one, the show already like Sam caused this this monster, this creature before they really understand what it is. He calls it an Anta Claus, which I think is way better than Anti Santa. <laughs> like an Anta Claus actually has a little bit of rhyme to it, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. good. Who, Autumn? Why, why did you put this in here? Like, why did you put Anti Santa? You, you just watched the episode with me. Like. <laughs> Why'd you have to go and do that? Why'd you have to go do that, Autumn? Thank you for writing these for us, by the way. It saves us a lot of time. Yeah, it's very... Thank, friend of the show. Friend of the show, Autumn Greer. Uh, uh, this, this is a this, fucking Christmas episode, Chris. Ugh. This is the first... I want to just call it a full-on fan service episode. It doesn't push the plot forward, other than having like some touching moments and some flashbacks. Um, so it's not, it, 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 it's not void of meeting, but it... It's just a fan service episode. It's let's let's give the fan let's let the fans see some shit that they want to see. Uh and my first time watching this, I was one of those fans who just enjoyed like watching the characters do character things because I was 17 years old watching this. Mm-hmm. And you know, that was that was just cool. You know, yeah, I want to see what the boys are like on Christmas for some reason. Man, I'm a weird guy. Um <laughs> <laughs> but coming but to that conclusion it, as you record the 21st saying, episode yeah, man, of your yeah, supernatural man, podcast weird. <laughs> it doesn't matter that i was 17 <laughs> i'm like want to watch i've got 40 hours in the bag on the supernatural podcast maybe i'm a little weird <laughs> maybe i'm a little bit off but uh that's what it feels like to me it doesn't feel like anything of consequence happens in these episodes i don't i don't dislike this episode i, don't, I think it's a little stupid but i don't dislike it again because of the fan service but you could go, you could pretty much have avoided everything in this and, and never brought it up, and, and the next episode would make total sense. This is a easily skippable episode. Uh, probably, like, the first, like, other than the racist truck, and uh, I think there was one in season two we decided were skippable as well. But yeah. you completely miss this and, and not be sad about it, except that they, the stuff what they do with the flashbacks with young Dean and young Sam experiencing their Christmas together, I think it's very... It's very heartfelt. It's very emotional. Yeah. And it's, I think it establishes a little bit of that relationship that hasn't necessarily been missing, but it colors it in for us. Like We just Definitely. assumed that them growing up was a, kind of a trying time with the way that their dad raised them. We assumed that they bonded because of that. We know like there were some differences. There was some... There was some uh, some friction like there because Sam always wanted to leave. So like actually seeing that realized, um, and we hadn't seen really a flashback episode since way back when, when we did the, um, Oh, what were they called? Like the, the sleep monster 
thing. Striga thing. The Strigas, yeah. So seeing this, I think really, really works. Uh, it's this is another example though of the big bad of the week, like the monster of the week being kind of wasted. Like these are two pagan mm. gods, that, yeah, <laughs> that are just living in, and like. I don't think we need to necessarily go through all of this. There's some funny stuff, no. and we're we'll, we'll definitely going again. Through yeah, it, it is in, by no way a bad episode. It is a good episode or a pretty good episode. It's just totally without consequence. Yeah, it's and the it's, closest thing to to that is in the gift that Sam gave Dean when they were children, which is the, the amulet that Dean still wears. Yeah. Which has never really been explained in the show. All, all, yeah. It was for a while that like, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of ink spilled about the importance of this amulet, but I think it's just like a sentimental thing. And point. it was literally written out because Eric Kripke didn't want to deal with it anymore. Sure. Great. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>, so, <laughs> cause there were so many fans saying, what is the amulet? What is the thing? It was just supposed to be a thing that Dean wore. So he just was like, I don't, I'm writing it out of the show. Spoilers. Just, just another example of a fan base just ruining good stuff in a, in a, in a fandom, man. Um, but yeah, like this, the, the the big bad here are two pagan gods that uh, eat people. <laughs> like they they do they steal people mm-hmm. out. They pretend to be Santa. They dress up in weird like Santa clothes, like real bloody muddy Santa clothes. They go down chimneys. They grab people. They take them up chimneys, and then they take that person that's all crushed up in that bag back home. Where they chop them up and eat them, like that's 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 our bad, yep. that's our bad guy that's here. Their, that's their move. Yep. And the the cute thing here is that the couple that they have playing it is this very very like straight laced traditional suburbia America. Oh my well, god, dear. Gosh. We, yeah. What well, gosh, deal, darn. I cannot believe what you kind of language you boys are using. That kind of thing, and it's it's yeah. funny. Like it's it's amusing. It's definitely funny. Yeah. Uh, I, I you seem to like this episode a little better than I do. I think this this episode is it's okay. It's it's yeah. I I just. Like I said before, I think you know it's it's entertaining, but it's just totally devoid of of especially the big bad stuff. Like you don't care. Like I could have been fine to just see like the boys trying to like prepare for Christmas. It would have been totally it would have been as consequential as everything yeah. that they're doing here. And basically, the the real struggle of the episode is between these flashbacks showing Sam waiting for their dad to come home on Christmas and Dean promising, yeah, John will be here. He'll be here because uh, it also shows that it, up until a certain point up until this Christmas, apparently uh, Sam didn't know that monsters were real and he didn't know that that's what their dad did. And he didn't, and he didn't know Santa Claus wasn't real. (laughs) Yeah. And he just learns all of this one Christmas by Dean telling him uh, and cries himself to sleep. And just to get the rest of that out of the way, Dean feels so bad about it because you know, he's still Dean and he, he goes and steals presents from a house down the street to give to Sam for Christmas. He, unfortunately he, he stole a bunch of Barbies and stuff without realizing it. So Sam's not that interested. <laughs> I love his justification when Sam opens it up and he's like, it's a Barbie princess. And Dean says, Oh, I guess dad maybe thought you were a girl. <laughs> like, damn <laughs> Dean. Like even, even well, during this moment of, extraordinary caring and thought like you still have to drag the dude right, right down right down the middle of the street like it's just so fucking great um and all that stuff is fun it's like it's i guess it's sweet to see the boys in that kind of a situation especially the way that the tension has been building and there's just so much kind of conflict between the two that it it's refreshing to see a time when you know the boys cared about each other very openly or very easily you know there's there was no baggage around it it was just like um you're my shit little brother and i'm gonna take care of you but you know we're still siblings and um you know i still love you it's fine uh without without all the just without all the drama 
Yeah, it's it's nice, and it's nice seeing uh, <clears throat> it's nice seeing the early aspects of their personalities develop. Mm-hmm. As uh, Sam pulls out Dad's diary and shows it to Dean and says, "Our monsters real," asked him straight out, like I've been reading Dad's diary, and uh, Dean has to explain, "Yes, they are." Uh, but Santa Claus is not, which I thought was funny. Uh, <laughs> Sam asked about his mom, and Dean immediately, don't you ever, ever talk about mom. Don't you ever talk about mom. And it's just yeah. super over the top and aggro, which is going to follow Dean through. Like he's that's That was the fire that was keeping him running on this 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 hunter job up until you know they finally did it at the end of season two. They finally killed that, that one demon. So it's interesting to see Dean have that even as a young child. I think that's, I think that's really fun. It's interesting to kind of imagine what kind of conversations John was having with Dean, you know, Dean was obviously privy to the whole situation a lot earlier than, than Sam because he's older, but it's like, are you know, is he filling Dean's head with these ideas of revenge because he's old enough to understand it or he thinks he is anyway, you know, with the amount of responsibility put on Dean, did a lot of that just kind of come up and he sort of just co-opted his father's like rage and his father's quest for revenge because he didn't know what else to do. Like it's just it's just interesting because you know you would Sam is just sitting in the back seat of the car thinking everything's fine and you know mm-hmm. maybe he's maybe he's taking a little nap but what are John and Dean talking about? What kind of shit is he putting into this kid's head? And that's again you know speaks to the fact that Sam was way less bonded with John than Dean was, and and more importantly not not bonded at all with Mary. So he doesn't have that yeah. that driving that that driving force to to carry him along this like Sam and uh, like Dean and uh, John do or did. Uh, yeah. It's also this just goes back through and underlines just how much of a shitty father John Winchester is. Like leaving <laughs> your two kids in a shitty hotel room on like the night before Christmas with basically no food at all. Like I think he yeah. comes back. And they at don't one even point. know if John's dead or alive. Yeah, or- and, and and you know, and forcing these kids to live this live this life and at various points in this conversation that young Dean and young Sam are having, Sam asked, you know, what, why do we move around all the time? Like, what, what does dad do? Is he a spy? Like uh, he's, this was obviously before the monsters are real conversation just has no clue. And was wanting to ask these questions. Like imagine a, a, being a kid and living that lifestyle. Like that's terrifying mm-hmm. and horrible. You know, you, you need stability as a kid. You, you want to do the same shit every day. Like your, your mind just needs that kind of structure. And yeah, John, man, you were like, do you really think Mary Winchester wanted this for her kids? <laughs> oh, no. I mean, the show is going to answer that question for us eventually, but I can tell you right now, no, she did not. Like she absolutely did not want to know about, the, did not want these kids kids growing up like this it's it is just the fucking worst and it's man i it's it's so sad like it makes me feel bad for sam which i think the only time i feel bad for sam is when young sam is on the screen uh i I do want to mention that this is the first time we've seen this particular young sam i think i don't think this was the same kid Mm -hmm. that we saw before and this will be our young sam and flashbacks going forward for the next few seasons like they're always going to go back to this kid which is fun as far as i know they have yet to replace him yeah he may be still the guy like because i mean they're flashbacks the last one that i remember like deep in was like a flashback to teenage sam and it was still the same kid still the same kid yeah so yeah like all of this all of this flashback stuff really really works for me the uh when they do finally exchange the presents, I think it's really sweet. Like that's really really nice. Uh, even though like they're just obviously fake. Pre- I mean they're obviously stolen presents. Like that's really really good. I, yeah. 
if it if it sounds like we're talking more about the flashbacks in the actual episode, is because the actual episode is about two people, two pagan gods dressed up like Santa Claus murdering people. I don't really know where to go. Like, there's only <laughs> so much you can Sam's, talk. They pull off Sam's fucking fingernail. And they do. The, it's the grossest thing in Supernatural. I still have a hard time looking at it. It's you used to, really... I like, it, it's so scary, oh. man. Like, uh, and again, we're not going to go through the whole thing, but at some point, the the two pagan gods, uh, the Anticlaws and Mrs. Anticlaws, uh, tied Sam and Dean up and are proceeding to torture them. They're you know cutting their arm to collect blood. Uh, they they literally get a, a like a pair of pliers and rip this fingernail off of his index finger, and it looks so real. And this yeah, the sense of the sense of threat there, like the sense of danger, and I just kept expecting. Even watch, rewatching it today, I was kept expecting Bobby to show up. Like, how the fuck are they going to get out of this? <laughs> like, this We've is, seen this. these boys cut up and shot, and just like all the off these awful things done to them. But seeing his fingernail get pulled off, just that uh, like vulnerable little thing, like it's torture, and it's just ugh. yeah, and it's. <sighs> I don't know, man. Like, there's all kinds of stuff that they go through to find out that these Anticlaus people, like, I don't know how much in-depth you want to get to it. I really like the fact that they track down the shitty Santa Claus, because <laughs> the their lore tells them that they're going to find the Anticlaus, and he's going to have a limp, and he's going to have candy. Like, that's the lore that so, Sam and has they, come up they with. they see this old, shitty, you know, Santa Claus cosplayer. That's not what you call them. That's what we're it's, calling them. It's definitely a cosplayer. <laughs> He's a Santa Claus cosplayer, and they like break into his trailer at night because they hear a scream. But really, I think the dude's just watching porn. He has a like a bottle of whiskey and the biggest bong of all time. He has Moby Dick's he, bong. He's just trying to get <laughs> fucked up on Christmas. Uh, he's just dudes. I mean, burst into his house. Literally bad Santa, like is is, yeah. is what yes. it is. And they like try to hide each other's guns, and then they pretend to be carolers. They start singing at yeah. the dude, and the guy <laughs> sits down, is like starts drinking whiskey, and is like, yeah, this dude this <laughs> this is fucking gone really really funny scene i, I like yeah. that a lot uh and the, this episode is great for all of those things they we started off dismissing it and now we're talking about all the things we like in it but well no um, i mean I, I think you can dismiss it but there, there's a, there's a lot of funny moments like there are a lot yeah. in the early seasons of supernatural especially like you get these really really funny character moments not character moments but these funny like gag scenes basically um like at one point they have to pretend to be gay to to track down where the, this guy's getting wreaths from and like <laughs> I- they didn't have to, but they that's, didn't have that's to. Yeah, that's what they. That's what they do. <laughs> like, and I'm like, dude, like you can just be a heterosexual guy and also be into wreaths. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Dean know. is not comfortable enough with himself. He's for not. That. He's not at all. And he pins it on Sam's, which is you know like his normal thing. Uh, but yeah, I guess I guess to skip to the end, I, um, I don't want to. Do you have anything specific, like any other jokes or anything you want to talk about the show before uh, we get to the very end? Uh, nope. Excellent. So that was a quick episode of Anticlaus. Uh Yeah. But this is nice. So throughout this entire episode, and the reason we keep getting flashbacks uh, from Sam about this Christmas is because Dean has been pressuring him to have a normal Christmas, like to get some eggnog, to put up a tree. And Sam finally asked him, like, "What? What? What is the deal? Like, why are you? Why are you? Why are you talking about this so much?" And Dean's like, "Well, it's it's going to be my last Christmas. Like, I'm not going to be here after this." So, yeah. and I think he says, I think Sam says, like, "That's exactly why I can't." Yeah, like, that's like, exactly he, why I can't go through with this, and I. To a degree, you'd think, like, Sam, what the fuck? Come on, just be a nice brother. At the same time, he's like, we've never had this before, so to go and do this now, like, it would just fuck me up. To, like, to have, like, this one final normal Christmas with you and then never see you again. And I can kind of see that where he's just like, I literally, I don't think I can handle that. I don't think I can handle having the thing that I wanted so bad as a kid just to have a normal Christmas with my family. 
I can't deal with that and then never have it again. I'd rather just never have it. Um, and we should probably note but, that during this, Dean kind of seems like he's thinking all of their Christmases were pretty normal. Like this was all like yeah. everyone had a great time. <laughs> and Sam is like, "What? What family are you talking about? We did not have normal Christmases." Yeah, and that's why we get all these flashbacks showing this really, really shitty Christmas situation that Dean was trying Again, to and paper over. This is a, a Sam that had no idea what was going on, nope. and was also, you know, we we as we learned going to school when he could and interacting with normal kids. And I think that that really clearly draws the line between him and other people uh because you know dean can can go to school and fake it and obviously do terrible at school because he doesn't care because he knows the truth he knows what his dad is really doing but sam has no idea so sam just wants to try and have a normal life and he's seeing all these other kids i assume with their normal christmas and their normal family so dean thinks he's doing his damn best to give sam some happiness but Sam is just seeing what a normal family is like, and it's just fucked up about it. He is, so, he yeah. is a little fucked up about it, and it's it's really sad. Like, I, I hate that Sam didn't have good Christmases. Like, that has to be shitty. I, Christmas is one of the best times of the year in my family. Like, even as, as you know, spread out and weird as my family can get sometimes. It was still, like, when I, I was a kid, fucking Christmas ruled. Like, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got presents. It was awesome. So, like, for <laughs> Sam, Sam not knowing to have that. that his dad, yeah, Sam knowing, or Dean knowing that his, his dad hunts monsters. So, yeah, we can't, we can't have a, a normal Christmas because our dad is this fucking awesome badass. Because that's what he genuinely believes. Like, that's fine with Dean. But Sam, he's just in the dark. He's just a little shitty kid. He has no idea. And so, it's much... As it's almost funny to see this gigantic moose of a man being like, I don't like Christmas now because uh, my childhood was pretty sad. It also does make sense. He's like, dude, I don't want to do this. Our Christmases before were fucked up. I'm not having one final Christmas with you just so that I can like then remember the one good thing that I've lost. <laughs> like, I'm not doing yeah. it. But, but he ends up surprising Dean by the end of the episode. He does. And uh, I, real quick, uh, you mentioned that Dean looked up to his dad like he was uh, like the, the greatest dad in the world. And uh, there's a scene where when Sam brings out dad's diary and is like, hey, what, our monster is real. And I think Dean responds with, uh, the first thing you have to know is that our dad is a superhero. <laughs> like yeah. he said, he's literally saying it's a superhero, which is pretty fucking hilarious. So, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, at the end of the episode, Sam surprises Dean with like Christmas. He's gotten a tree. It looks kind of shitty. And, you know, gotten beers. They've both bought each other presents. Uh, Dean bought Sam some skin magazines and a bottle of shaving cream. <laughs> and uh, yes. I, I, I wrote down what Sam brought Dean, and I don't remember what it is. Oh, candy bars he, and some sort of, like, fuel. It's, a, it's, it's, it's a, like, oil for the Impala and like a like candy a protein bar. bar. Yeah. It says fuel for me and fuel for... You know, the Impala or Fuel for my baby is what he says. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> and this is super charming. Like, this this nice little moment that they have together, it's very reminiscent of the moment they had at the end of the last episode where, you know, it's just some, it's, nobody's hunting anything. It's just a quiet, peaceful moment between these two sharing this thing. And, you know, before it gets weird, they're like, hey, do you want to watch the watch the ball game? And, of course, it starts snowing outside. So yeah. it's just nice. It it's, looks like they both kind of want to say something, but they don't. And it going unsaid is probably it's easier for both of them. Yeah, but like they both understand it. At a certain point, as a certain point, living in that moment is probably better for them than trying to explain their feelings using their terrible vocabulary for their own feelings. Yeah, this is great. I, I like this a lot. Like this whole episode is, it's most of it is just completely forgettable and boring. I don't like the pagan gods really at all, and I think it's really really wasted on pagan gods. By the way, like that's it's just again the seven deadly sins thing of like okay you have two yeah. gods and they're living in the suburbs pretending to be to pretending to pay bridge with you know 
Yeah, and all people. that stuff is kind of just a repeat of what the Scarecrow episode was in season one. It's obviously, it's a different take on it, but it's, you know, there's a pagan god again. There's a normal town with, like, this time the gods are acting like the normal old people. Mm-hmm. But in the other episode, it was the normal old people sacrificing things to the gods, you know, to have mild weather and whatever. But Yeah, you're right. So this is a, this is a twist. That. Yeah, this is a twist on the Scarecrow. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it is it's kind of a retread a little bit, isn't it? But they, these guys are a little creepier, I think. Like the literally, the torture scene is is genuinely discomforting for me to watch. Yeah. Uh, and I don't yeah. usually get squicky about stuff. I don't usually get weird about stuff. But I, you know, seeing that fingernail come off is. Ugh. I might make a yeah. gif of it and put it on Twitter. That might be fun. Oh, how don't you fucking dare! <laughs> I can gif anything, Chris. I've, I've, I found the, the found the ability. Uh, I'll definitely put it in the, the show notes, but there's that one picture that I sent you or that one gift that I sent you earlier where uh, Sam looks down and like there's a, a cross-eyed reindeer staring back at him and there's just <laughs> a weird moment between the two of them. Stuff like that is one of the reasons I love Supernatural. And we, I don't know that we bring it up a lot in the, the, the episodes when we cover, but like there's really, really small and subtle gags that they do that most TV shows do nowadays. Like I'm not saying right, that Supernatural right. has invented this or perfected it, but it's just fun. I like seeing these boys do dumb shit, so it works for me. Even when we're talking shit about these, like a lot of the episodes are just inherently enjoyable to watch. Like I wouldn't have watched the series so many times through if if I well if I wasn't a little bit crazy, but also if they weren't just fun episodes. Yeah. If it was just like all drama, you know, I used to really like the show Mad Men, but like I didn't watch those episodes multiple times. I just I watched them the one time. Yeah, that's about all I can take. Okay, stop, please, <laughs> everybody, stop smoking immediately. Jesus Christ, yeah, you guys are smoking. killing me. You guys, stop cheating for one second. You don't have <laughs> to always. You do not be always have to be wife. balls deep in somebody else's wife. Come on, <laughs> like you do have literally other... anything else. How do you get run, any work done? Run your ad agency for a minute or two. Let's see how that works out. <laughs> Maybe you wouldn't be an alcoholic if you weren't such a shithead. God, Jesus, you wouldn't need so much oh. alcohol to go to sleep at night if you. Weren't such a piece of shit. Yeah, if you weren't trying to drown out so many of your mistakes. Anyway, I feel like Don Draper and uh, similarly the I can't remember the lead of the Walt uh, Walter White from Breaking Bad get like looked up to as like these kind of hero characters and mm-hmm. a lot of like and they're just not like if you if you're looking at those dudes and going like oh man those guys are rad like what the fuck is wrong with you yeah <laughs> don't do that I had some dude I had some dude tell me that I should cut my hair because we should all look like. Don Draper, and I was like, first of all, because you're no. talking about masculinity, I was like, I do not ever feel like my masculinity has been threatened by the length of my hair, I fucking promise you that. <laughs> Second of all, if Don Draper is what you think the pinnacle of masculinity is, you That's got some not, fucking problems. Yeah, dude, you got you got some issues. And, uh, also, who yeah. cares if I don't want to be masculine? Maybe I want to be feminine. Yeah, who, fuck, who the fuck cares? <laughs> Suck my butt! <laughs> yeah, how's that for masculine? Yeah. <laughs> Random Twitter person? I'm assuming it's a Twitter person that sounds like Twitter. <laughs> I knew, no, somebody I knew in real life. Uh, take it suck my butt steve yeah suck my butt it wasn't steve but it was a real it was a grade a chode i'm saying it grade a chode yeah we uh hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you think that brain stew by green day has the greatest guitar riff of all time in it then you're a piece of shit which one is which one is brain stew i don't remember the name Dead. of any songs Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one from the uh, Godzilla soundtrack? Jesus Christ. Yeah, he thinks that's the greatest guitar riff of all time. That's the kind of person we're dealing with here. That's, uh... Put in the outtakes, because I'm, you know... You're, you're <laughs> kind of diverted from, from the main topic here. It's all right. We'll, uh, we'll get back to it. We'll get back to it. But yeah, that episode is... It's it's okay. Uh, the, the flashback stuff sells it for me. I don't care about the gimmicky Christmas stuff. We're going to see gimmicky holiday stuff done much, much better. Like there's a Valentine's day episode coming that I really, really enjoy. So, mm-hmm. um, and they, they like to do their, their, you know, their gimmicky stuff because they've, 
I mean, they've got, there's 260 episodes. You're going to have a yeah. couple of gimmicks. So yeah, they're going to do some shit. What do you think about these, these the trio this week? Um, entertaining, but the first episode we really we don't need it. There's like you know a moment or two. Again, Bella is fun. I like Bella, but they don't use her well. They don't really put her in very many good episodes, and I think that that's kind of her problem. But so that, that I mean, it's fine. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Pirates of the Caribbean. I was when I was younger. I liked the first movie a lot. So the fact that they're kind of they they made a a made for TV movie version of Pirates of the Caribbean mm-hmm. is a little bit weird, but you know that's fine. Um, the second episode loved it. Gordon amazing. Uh, barbed wire stranglehold crazy cool. Uh, Christmas episode very touching, very nice, but um, entirely unnecessary. Uh, I, I I have a big fondness for Ghost Ship because I like I think I just like saying the words Ghost Ship. I'm just gonna be honest. Sure. <laughs> just sure, it's sure, a sure. fun it's a fun two words to put together. <laughs> the, the episode really doesn't live up to the to the hype as as much as I wanted to, but that's okay. Um, I like our continual growth with with uh, Bella. <clears throat> it's really weird to me that Ruby doesn't show up at all. Yeah, like she just kind of disappears for three episodes, which uh, works. And like I don't know that where they would have worked her in. Like we did, we didn't need her, but it's they were obviously like kind of sprinkling her through throughout episodes up to this, and then she just completely disappears. But then most of our meta plot kind of disappears as well. Like we're not real yeah. focused on demons. We're we're doing nothing with demons basically. Like we're There's vampires, some character and, stuff, but yeah, no meta plot. No no meta plot at all. And I think that's. So far, getting into this, like I think that's one of the reasons season two was their song so strong is because they could they could work both of those angles. They they did the monster mm-hmm. of the week and made me feel like I still still getting those good morsels of of meta plot and what's happening with the show overall. Where this really doesn't feel that way. We wrapped up a loose end in Gordon. I'm glad we got that out of the way. We kind of expanded our conversation with Bella a little bit, but then we end it with this, <clears throat> not end it, but we have this um, break because there's a break between the Christmas episode and the next one, I believe with this Christmas episode that doesn't go anywhere. We, like we've talked about, we get some character development, but it doesn't really do anything for me. So it's just a very much like it's a holiday themed episode that you as a fan are supposed to watch around Christmas. Yeah. And that's around when it aired. So I don't think I could pick three episodes out of season two. I know there wasn't an episode that where we did a trio for the podcast where I didn't get those, those delicious morsels that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't get my meta plot fix. So that's because the meta plot is, it's not as heavy this time around. There's no clear goal other than let me try and save Dean and Dean saying no. Yeah. Like, it's more character stuff for like the entire season. And I think we start to get a little bit towards the end where they kind of figured it out. Again, I wonder if they thought going into this, they had more time. They had more episodes because of the writer strike cutting things short. Maybe they had to finish things up sooner than they thought. I don't really know how it went or if the show was just on high eight. I, you know, I don't know, but it could have been that they wanted to do these random things and then really build up the second half of the season as the big, you know, Dean's about to go to hell. What are yeah. we going to do? Um, and then they end up, it doesn't necessarily feel too rushed. It doesn't but. feel rushed yet. Um, the end of the season, from what I remember, it feels like it's it's a little rushed. And I'm going to be, uh, I'm actually going to go and do something I've never really done for this show before, which is a little bit of research. I'm going to try to find out exactly oh. what their, I don't know, what their what their plans were, so we can we can talk about that when we get to the season finale. Because I, cool. I think you're right. Like I feel like they're they were trying to set stuff up, and that's it makes these filler episodes, especially knowing that we have a shorter season, feel all the more egregious to me. Like yeah. the fact and that I, I think don't that have they would not have been there. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if they had known going in. But yeah. Okay. So. That's 
that's that. That's the three. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you yes, to yes. the several people that added some iTunes reviews for us. We, we really, really appreciate that. You have Not no only, idea how excited I was when I found that, that oh new my one God. the other day. I love the I love the DM I get from Chris of new 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 review on iTunes like that's so exciting for us so uh, we we definitely read them uh, thank you everybody for for leaving should them we start reading this. these out on the on the podcast if we get some iTunes reviews we'd be happy to read them to you yeah we could you know if we, if we ever at a need I don't for know feedback, I never do that shit but uh, yeah, I always hear other podcasts doing it if uh, maybe we can make a list and start thanking the people that leave them and not reading them out. I don't reading them out seems like it's it'd be a little too self congratulatory. Oh yeah, right? that's like, very very uh, masturbatory. Yeah, it really is. Let, let me read. Let me read what you wrote about how great I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh fuck yeah! <laughs> but thank you for everybody listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to watch along with the show, go to monsteroftheweek.cool slash schedule. Uh, also at monsteroftheweek.cool are the previous episodes. Uh, it's profiles on me and Chris, and where you can find us on social media. Chris, what's your preferred social media of choice nowadays? Are you are you a live journal person? Tumblr? I love you can you can at me at live journal at uh, okay. Dad's Diary. Dad's dot, Diary. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sam Lover sixty nine. I'm um I'm on Twitter at local bones. Excellent. I'm on Twitter at JG Greer. We both have other projects. Go to monsteroftheweek.cool to find links to all of those so we don't keep you here. Thank you again, as always, and we will see you next week with the next three episodes, one of which I am extremely excited about. I thought Chris would be excited about it too, but he just just left me hanging. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, and good night. Talk to you next time. Okay, let's do it. Let's kick. Let's let's get into it. Let's, um, let's do it. Let's get into it. I'm, I'm excited. Okay, I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. <laughs> this is Monster of the Motherfucking Week. <laughs> We'll just, you know, we'll keep it, we'll just keep it light. Keep it light and tight? Mm-hmm. Keep it light and tight. That's, you know, what I always say. That's, it's, it's your... <laughs> Chris, it's light and tight Mosier. Light and tight Mosier. That's what we always call you. That's your Twitter <laughs> name. That's how I was introduced to you anyway. <laughs> oh, man. You're going to like Chris. He keeps everything light and tight. You're going to really what like him. What the fuck does that mean? I, I don't know. It's you know, light Clean the pipes. Yeah, always remember, boys and girls, clean the pipes. How are you, man? I'm okay. <laughs> I've had a really fucking long day, but it's over now. So, do you want to? Uh, like, I, I feel bad. Like, we can delay this if you need me, if you need to. Like, if you no, that's fine. Don't that's feel fine. like fucking with this. I'm here. I'm here, ain't I? You're here. You're you are you are in the chat. You're in the cut, if you will. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. You're welcome. I could tell you were to go in there. I wanted to get there before you did. Yeah. Um. Let's see. So, what's the first episode? Red Sky at Morning? Yeah. Go ship. <laughs>
fucking episode. Fucking ghost ship, dude. Which was awful and also really funny. Ghost ship or Christmas episode? Because Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Fucking what's it called? Blood. Blood stuff is pretty good. Uh oh! Wait, we finally get the conclusion of Gordon Gordon B. Lurkin's mm-hmm. arc. Gordon B. Lurkin turns into Gordon B. Biden. Am I right? Gordon B. Dead. Honestly, finally, I am excited about it. Do 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 do. Um. Do, 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 oh, these are the notes do, from last. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I'm unintentionally singing that song. <laughs> They they let out the seven deadly sins and take the take a really cool concept and make it really fucking stupid. You know, we uh, I actually I started a uh, season three feedback form just so I could remember because I was listening, re-listening to that episode, and we didn't really spend a lot of time talking about how great of a concept the seven deadly sins are mm-hmm. and how they are fucking wasted on this piece yeah. of shit episode. Like it's it's kind of ridiculous that they took something that that high up in the cosmology and was like. All right, yeah, it's just seven dudes, mm-hmm. and we're gonna kill them in forty-five minutes. <clears throat> that could have been a like season-long thing where they're running into each of the demons, like hunting those demons down specifically because yeah. they uh, can. You could have a whole episode on wrath or lust, or, yeah. like it, it, it would basically. Didn't they do a TV show based on seven at some point? Or are they? I'm sure that they did. Yeah. Yeah, that that could have been an entire season's arc, trying to stop these seven specific demons rather than just, like, the hundo random ones. <laughs> trying to stop these seven specific demons before Dean kicks the bucket, but no. Just one episode. And they're just fucking quoting movies. That's just quoting. Here's Johnny. Oh my god. <laughs> cannot believe we got fucking trolled by the duck feed community or maybe not you that i did with that fucking picture of that xbox 360 game because i got so excited when i oh, saw that yeah. i was like i am going to go find this and this is going to be a very fun afternoon and it it does not exist yeah that would have been i mean that would have been the new podcast we would have just taken an entire season i feel like to just cover oh, the yeah game. that would have been like that would have been the youtube version of the podcast is us lp in that game right yeah yeah it would have been our uh, watch out for fireballs, basically. It would have been our watch out for fire. It would have been a very critical look at the video game. <laughs> <laughs> that dude, Eric. Like on, six uh, parts. That dude, Eric. Uh, Z Chocobo on Twitter. He talks mm-hmm, to us all mm-hmm. the time. Um, he keeps talking about like he wants th- there to be a Sam and Dean Winchester game. Uh, but that's nothing but basically The Witcher 3. Like with the monster system and the preparation and everything, except Sam could just, use his hunter senses. <laughs> Sam could use his hunter, like hold L two to whatever. But like, and I haven't, I haven't actually thought about this in, in detail because I get so caught up with um, like who would you play, Sam or Dean? Mm-hmm. But but then I think like I've been playing a lot of near, and it's just like you play two B and non S is just following along, and I kind of want that to like I just want to play Dean with like with Sam as a little AI dude just following yeah. me around a lot, yeah. right? <laughs> How great yeah. would that you be? Use him, you could use him to solve puzzles. Yeah, and you could like talk to him and like, okay, what? How do you want me to be? Like, oh, you need to be way more aggressive. Okay, you need to dial down the tears. You need to have no tears during this mission, Sam. You just stop trying to exercise demons with your mind. <laughs> stop, stop going dark side or whatever. <laughs> I want to. I want to play that segment of the game. No, they could do it like one of the novels. Have it be a totally original story. Mm-hmm. We were following like a main path, and then on along the way, you can do random little hunts. 
Yeah. It would be, if they did it, if they made it in actuality, if somebody would just pick up that game and said, we're making the supernatural property into video games, it would be so bad, but it has so much potential to be fucking awesome. I think, I think there's a lot of potential there, but I, I don't know that they would be able to get over the, the licensing thing. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't, I think, don't think they'd be able to help themselves to do, then to stop themselves from doing like the, the dumb fan servicey stuff that would, completely distract you out of actually playing a real video game like at one point like one of the boys would take off their shirt and the camera would focus on their abs like they just couldn't be able to help themselves but do that and Cass would say something silly and then like fall on his face and because apparently that's what they fucking love with Castiel I guess so man he's like a lovable dork I'm like fuck you he's a powerful angel so we should not add any of that to the fucking uh Outtakes? Bloopers. Yeah, because it's all spoilers. It's all spoilers all the time. I don't think anybody really cares. Like, I don't know. Like, he dies, everybody. Like, you probably figured that shit out already because it's supernatural and everybody dies. 